Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. All right, well, this morning I have the honor and privilege of introducing our speaker. She is a woman who is on fire for Jesus. She has a spirit of authority. She loves breakthrough. She loves freedom. And she just, this is a woman who will climb in the trenches with you and pull you out. Um, I, I have loved working with her for the past four years, and I am so blessed to call her friend. And I know that you guys are going to be blessed by the word God's given her this morning. Lindy Pinkston. All right. Can you guys hear me? Awesome. Praise God it's not raining, right? There was actually even a breeze. I was like, well, don't make it too breezy because my notes will. I do have them binded, though, so uh, bound, so we're good. Well, um, as Julia um, mentioned, I work here at Antioch. Um, I'm the women's pastor, and um, I'm the director of the kids' ministry, and um, just love, love preaching. Um, I love talking about mothering, and so um, I'm excited about this morning. But before I go on, I just want to give a shout out to um, all of our TCU kids. This is their last Sunday. And all their families, we've got lots of TCU families. So if you're a TCU student, go ahead and stand up. They just graduated. So we've got lots of graduating students. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we just want to say we love you guys. I know Ben honored you a few weeks ago. I cried the whole time he was honoring you guys. I was like, this is a mom's dream. It's for their Ben to say all this stuff about your kids. But it was such a blessing. And all you moms and dads, we have families here that have served our college ministry, hosted things. We even had a, a West Coast worship night. I mean, hello. And so we just want to thank you guys. Y'all can sit down. Um, just love our TC students. And they serve in our church. I can't tell you how many are in our children's ministry that help teach and other roles in the church, life group leading. And so just thank you guys. Um, And like I said, um, I am a mom. Um, I'm the mom of three boys, 18, 16, and 13. They're sitting right here, my awesome husband. Um, I have one that's about to graduate in like uh, less than two weeks. So if I get emotional, just blame it on that, that he's graduating. Um, But I'm really excited about preaching today. I love being a mom, but it's a beautiful yet refining process for me. And my prayers and my brokenness in this area that you will bring uh, courage this morning and that life will be brought to all you moms. And I just have to say, I know this can be a hard day for some, some people. Maybe you've recently lost a mom. Or maybe you want to be a mom and you're not. And so my heart is that um, you would just feel God's pleasure this morning and that you will sense his love for you. All right, I'm going to pray as we get started this morning. Father, we thank you how faithfulness comes through every time we turn towards you. We ask Holy Spirit you come this morning. Use me to bring encouragement. I bind distraction in the name of Jesus, and we ask for the ability just to press in into these few moments. Lord, I'm asking for heaven to come to earth and there to be holy exchanges all during uh, the next 20, 25 minutes, Jesus. We need you. We ask you to come. Amen. All right. So we are in this series in Mark. Who's enjoyed that series? 
It has been so encouraging. I was so encouraged with the message last week. We had a great life group discussing all the ways. Kim, I mean, Kim preached a sermon. I was like, wow, this should go. We can all go home now. Um, but just we love, we've loved having the series of Mark. And if you haven't been following, Jim Reynolds is doing a podcast. It is just phenomenal. It gets a little deeper. Put it on on your way to work when you're walking with your kids. I encourage that. It's been so encouraging to me. But as we've been talking about, Mark has written this book to the church in Rome who are being persecuted. He's writing these stories to say, don't give up. You know, keep going. Be faithful to the end. And Mark is answering the question, who is Jesus? Because you see, every time Jesus comes in with his kingdom message, there's opposition. And you may be sitting there going, well, Lindy, what does that have to do with mothering? It has everything to do with mothering. Because the crucible of mothering is to be a mother and a shepherd and to announce the kingdom. As Deuteronomy says, to announce it when your kids are lying down, when they're rising up along the path. So my sermon in a sentence this morning is the true calling of a mother is to announce and to usher in the kingdom of God in the lives of her children. And I'm going to say that again. The true calling of a mother is to announce and usher in the kingdom of God in the lives of her children. And you may be saying, well, I don't think so. Isn't the true calling to raise up kids who get a good education, who are a good citizen, who contribute to someone other than themselves, who are a good mom or dad or involved in church? Absolutely. But ultimately, if we get the big rocks in the jar, everything else will happen. And it's not going to happen the way you want it to. I just, I speak from experience. I had a vision of what I thought it was going to be, mothering. And it's not, but that's okay. But it's because it's better. God comes to us again in the crucible of mothering so that we be shepherds and announce the kingdom. Those are two things we want to talk about this morning. I'm going to do a quick overview of chapter 6. So I'm talking about Mark chapter 6 this morning. And I'm going to point out some nuggets to encourage our moms today. If you, um, if you are a note taker like I am and you don't have anything to take notes, these are all in the app, um, all my main points. So you can go back later and look at them because I don't want to overwhelm you. I can get started going preaching and I can go kind of fast. So, so uh, I'm going to get an overview of Mark. So we just come from a, mir- a chapter of miracles, right? Raising of the dead. The demoniac is set free. The lady that had bleeding for 12 years was healed. So we come into this and we see Jesus in his hometown not being honored. We see Mark reminding us of John the Baptist being beheaded. We see the gathering of his disciples, sending them out, the feeding of the 5,000, and Jesus walking on the water. And you may say, are you going to cover all that? I'm going to cover a little bits and pieces. So it's amazing all the stuff that I have gotten about mothering out of this. And I just want to put a pause. If you're not a mother, don't turn me off and go, goodness, I'm I'm turning my my mental energy off. No, you can apply any of this to anywhere you are. I listen to podcasts for businessmen and I'm not a businessman, right? You can glean stuff. So hang with me. Okay. So Mark 6, we have that Jesus is not being honored in his hometown. He goes with his disciples. He preaches in the synagogue on the Sabbath and the people did not like it. Verse 2 says, Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's this wisdom that has been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. 
And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles here except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. Okay, let's just, let's just lay the foundation that family can be hard. Can we acknowledge that? Amen. I, I, I want to say family's beautiful, but it can be hard. And in this story, who knows what's going on? The guys are sitting there going, are you kidding me? What's he? He made my kitchen table. He made, he repaired our chairs. I know his brothers. Who gives him that kind of authority to do all this stuff and say all this? I know his sisters. Who knows what was going on in their head? So my number one encouragement is honor what God is doing in your family. And I'm talking about in your kids and in your extended family. Give honor where honor is due. Their spirit of offense directly was linked to their lack of faith, which resulted in them missing out on the miracle they were actually needing. They went there to hear something. They, they went there like the lady that was bleeding that went and touched his hem. And they didn't get it because they were offended. I'm not going to talk about offense because every sermon I always kind of start going off on offense because I'm really passionate about it. Um, but I'll tell you, Offense will rob opportunity every time. It will ruin it. Choose honor what God's doing in your kids. Don't let jealousy and competition among siblings or cousins or aunts and uncles or roommates get in the way of what God is doing in someone else. All right, I'm going on. So Mark chapter 6, 7 through 13 talks about Jesus sending out his disciples. He gathers them and he sends them out. And I'm just going to give a little quick um, lesson on the kingdom of God. For years, I was confused in scripture when it said, Jesus says, my kingdom is near. My, my, my kingdom is near. And I was always like, what does that mean? Because to me, I always thought the kingdom meant when we're in heaven. And I was thinking, well, it wasn't near. Those, those people weren't just automatically about to go to heaven. Y'all, it's, his, it's heaven coming here, right? It's his rule and his reign. Years ago, I wrote a curriculum for the kids on kingdom. And I'm like, if you get anything out of it, it's God's kingdom, it's his rule and his reign. So I'm going to have you repeat after me. God's kingdom, God's kingdom. is his rule, rule and his reign. His rule and his reign. So every time you hear Jamie say his kingdom, think rule and his reign, okay? Because that's what he was doing. Everywhere he went, he was bringing his rule and his reign. We go on to Mark, the next little section, Mark 14 through 29. We have an interesting uh, story about John the Baptist. He kind of sandwiches this in, kind of randomly, but just encourages following Jesus may mean death. And I'll just tell you, if you're going to raise your kids and love Jesus, you will die. When I was a young mom, I asked this mom that I really respected, what's your one thing on parenting? And she looked at me and she said, die. And I actually was kind of offended. My kids were like four and five. I thought, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's like, no, you have to die over and over. And I agree with that. But this is not a bummer word. This is an encouraging word because every time we die, we live, right? Okay. So I'm going to give you my encouragement number two is be ready in the moments you have influence. Herod was not happy. Herod took his brother's wife, Herodias, and John the Baptist was like, hey, dude, that's not okay. He didn't maybe say that way, but he's like, that's not okay. And so Herodias was upset with John the Baptist because Herod knew John the Baptist had authority and he listened to him. 
So Herod had this big party. Herodias' daughter comes dancing in front of him. There was probably alcohol involved because I'm just, just saying he offered her half of his kingdom. I mean, that's craziness, right? So what does she do? She goes and asks her mom. There are going to be times when you have influence over your children and you never know what it's going to be. It could be at 6.30 in the morning when they ask that question. It could be 12.30 at night when they're calling you from college. You're like, are you kidding me? I'm asleep, Anda Brown. Yes, Lexi Tubbs, all of, right? Take advantage. I love you, but put down the phones. Put down the task to engage your kids when they ask you the question. Mom, should I be on that baseball team? Should I date that girl? Should I major this in college? Should, should, should I um, have those kinds of friends? What should I do about this? And I, I say that, and you can be, oh, of course I do. Because there's moments we miss, but there's the little ones that add up. That add up to give you favor with your kids where they're asking. She has so much influence that she got the head of John the Baptist, y'all. We have the opportunity. Let's take advantage of that opportunity. So that was my second point, to be ready for the moments that you have influence. All right, now we're getting the feeding of the 5,000. This is a powerful story. I'm going to read this. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. I'm going to pause there because we all know they're like, yes, finally, we're going to be away from the people. We're going to hang out with Jesus and eat, right? But listen what happens. So they went by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and they ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. Desperate people. They were desperate. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day. So the disciples came to him. This is a remote place. It's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, that would take more than a half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you ask? have? He asked, go and see. And when they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit in groups of, on the grass. So they sat in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the fish among them. They ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. Mind you, they had just been sent out, seen miracle after miracle. And this is a setup potentially for them to understand the kingdom, right? They missed it. They didn't even think, oh, this may be another possible moment for a miracle. They were tired. They were hungry. Have you ever been there? Tired, hungry as a mom. You're like, I don't know if I have anything else left. This is where they're at. But I want to take a minute to talk about the boy and see what happens in this story. My number three encouragement as we're listening to this next part is don't be a barrier to your child saying yes to Jesus. The boy, it doesn't mention it in Luke. 
I mean, it mentions it in Luke, but not in this book of Mark. But there was a little boy who offered up his five fish and five loaves and two fishes. And I was just been thinking about this. Was he there alone? So when he says 5,000 men, we're talking probably 10 to 15,000 people because they did not include the women and children. Although I'm including the women and children this morning. There you go, Lindy. <laughs> yeah, bring it on. Okay. The question was, who, brought, who made the bread? The mom. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I, I could go off on that one, but I'm not going to. Um, okay, so let's just go. Um, okay, so this little boy, who really, was he there alone? There's 15,000 people. Was that really all they could scrap up? Or are people like hiding the food, right? Do you have any food? No. <laughs> Family, come in the corner. Let, let's go behind that tree, Right? Who allowed him to give his lunch away? So I have a little story about this. So when we were doing the Nathan Initiative, the, we had asked our boys, pray about what you, 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 that God wants you to give. And the night before the commitments, one of, our, uh, one of our boys, we sat down and he gave us an amount. And Connor and I looked at each other and we're like, oh, okay, that's like all he owns. That's all he has in his little bank account. And it was not like, you know, Thousands and thousands, but it was significant. It was significant for his age. And we were like, okay, what did you hear when, when we had listening time? What, what did you hear? And he just said, I want to give everything I have to the church. And I was like, you know, part of your heart is like, praise God, yes. And the part of your heart is like practical. Is he going to regret it later? This is all his birthday and Christmas money. Um, so we said, hey, let's pray on it. We'll sleep in the morning. We'll talk about it. The next morning I get up and I'm reading this story. And I heard the Lord say in my spirit, what if his mom and dad did not let him give the fish and the loaves? What would have happened? They would have missed out. He would have missed out. Can you imagine this little boy, what he got to experience? His little offering, what God did with it. And it's easy for me, maybe you to sit there and go, of course, I would never, I would never be a barrier for what my child wants to do. Guys, it gets, it gets really personal when they do something that maybe you don't feel comfortable with, or God calls them to do something that you're just, you've never done. You know, I think if I have a friend right now, he's about to send her son away to a country where he, it's dangerous and she's blessing him. And as I was even preparing this message, I remembered my dad's here. I remember this Sunday, we went to plant a church in Hawaii. My kids, my oldest kids were three and a half and one and a half. And I saw the picture on my refrigerator of our sending Sunday out there in Fuafa down the street. My dad has his hand raised and my mom's crying because they're sending us away. My sister, Lexi and Dean, were already in Thailand. And guys, my parents love being grandparents. They were mourning, not getting to, to help raise their grandparents, their grandchildren but they freely blessed us. And I believe in heaven one day, there's gonna be fruit from Hawaii and fruit from Thailand because they said yes. And they just didn't, just didn't kind of say yes. They blessed us. And when my mom got sick, and there's times when you need to come home and take care of your mom, but my dad never threw the, why are you not coming home and helping with your mom? They let us go and run with the Lord. And I'm telling you, there's going to be moments when you want to pull your kids back because of your fear. And my encouragement is say, no, let them go with God. Trust them with the Lord. He will take care of them. Don't be a barrier to what God wants to do to your kids. Amen. I'm just not getting started because fear, fear is something that moms struggle with. Fear of what you're going to say, not say, be or not be, like or not like. I'm athletic, you're not. 
I like to read. You don't like to read. You like this. I don't like that. But guys, it's all part of the process, and God meets us in all of this. Okay, I'm just getting started. We go on. Jesus looks at him, and he has compassion. This is my next point, moms. Pray that God gives you compassion for your kids, not judgment, disappointment, and anger. And even as I'm preaching this, y'all, my kids can testify to this. I am in process. This is, this is, this is raw Lindy. This is, I am, but I'm in the fight. I'm in the game and I mess up and I repent and I apologize to my kids. One time in elementary school, I literally drove to their school, pulled one of them in class and apologized. But that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. And I'm not saying Lindy, I'm just saying desperate. We mess up. All right, because guys, we want compassion because compassion partners with faith. Disappointment welcomes fear every time. Now we knew we need to acknowledge disappointment. I'm not here to say just brush it off, act like you're not disappointed and things don't go your way, but I'm saying acknowledge it and we have to get up and move forward because that's where God comes. Signs of compassion is the kingdom. The kingdom is full of compassion and compassion is not passive. It's not like, okay, I love you. I wish you hadn't done that. Go on your way. No, it's compassion and empowering and moving forward from whatever you're, you're going through. So again, compassion is faith being released and trusting the Lord, letting it go. And you know what the fruit is? In this story, it's life, it's fullness, there's leftover. When we have judgment and disappointment and we camp out there in hopelessness and fear about our kids, and we want, then we start getting controlling. And then you know what the fruit of that is? It's death, it's hungry, and you have a mentality of lack. You have a lack mentality when you do not walk in compassion for your kids. And I'm telling you, it's a supernatural thing sometimes. Can I get an amen? amen? I love my kids, but there's times when I'm like, Jesus, come now and help me love well. Because y'all, in my flesh, I don't love well. There's another huge theme in this passage. And this is my encouragement number five, is that our brokenness in mothering provides opportunities for miracles. Again, our brokenness in mothering provides opportunities for miracles. And I'm not here to give a Debbie Downer message, but again, if you're advancing the kingdom in your family, you will have opposition. If you're advancing your, king, your family in the kingdom, you will have opposition. But God, but God, okay? Oh, every time Jesus broke the bread, whether it was feeding the 5,000, Fitting of the 4,000, which is coming in a few chapters later. The Last Supper, the road to Emmaus, miracles always happened. Their eyes were opened. Multiplication. Yes. What would it look like if we yielded the broken places of our mothering and realized his hands were holding us? Yeah. And that that brokenness is an opportunity for a miracle in us and in our families. Again, what would it look like if you yielded that part, that broken, that shameful part, that embarrassing part, that part you wished it wasn't there and you act like it's not there, but it is, and allowed God to come and do a miracle in your life? That God can really make beauty from ashes. That he can really turn what the enemy meant for evil, for good. That he can make any situation and make good come out of it. Those are my life verses, guys. I Speak this over myself all the time. I'm a little crazy. I am. I, I, I do speak to myself. But Jesus takes his our brokenness, amen, and brings life from it. And it's multiplied. Every time you yield, every time you respond in the spirit, you are multiplying fruit in life. So what is your one thing that is broken? 
What is that? Let God bless it. That one yielding will become bread and life for someone else. Choose to lose your life so you may gain it. It's a kingdom principle. It's not maybe it's going to happen. When you choose to lose your life, you will gain it. I would say that prayer, I've always believed in prayer. I grew up in a, in a home that we prayed. But I will say that mothering has taken my prayer life to a whole different level. And I will say that I have learned to warfare for my family. And I never would have if I had been, if I had given the option. I'll just admit it. It's been be pressed in the corner, desperate for the Lord, that you do things. You do crazy things. You walk around your house declaring stuff. You talk to yourself in the mirror. You break down stuff. You bind stuff. You lose stuff. I mean, I did yesterday. I had a little binding, loosening session in my house. I'm just saying that stuff happens on a regular, it does happen on a regular basis with me. Um, but I'm just saying we have, God uses those weak, broken parts. And it birthed something in me that I wouldn't have done left up to my own devices though. But out of my desperation, God has met me there. His hands are always holding you. Moms, he sees you. Next, we see Jesus walking on the water. And I want you just to frame, I just want you to think about what all they've experienced and what's happening. They just come from him feeding five to 10,000 people, right? Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up to the mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them. But when, he saw, when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. And they cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. Like I said, they had just experienced Miracle after miracle from the Lord, walking hand in hand with him. Verse 45, again, shows us his authority. He's bringing heaven to earth, even on creation. The storms in life, the physical storms, he has authority over. But they were choosing fear again and not faith. They'd been walking alongside Jesus. They had seen his, his miracles. But verse 52 says, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. They still didn't get it. The bleeding lady got it, but they still didn't get it. But you know what's encouraged me about this? And this is my number six encouragement. It's never give in to giving up and do the work to keep your heart clean. Again, never give in to giving up and do the work to keep your heart clean. Never give up on your kids. Never give up on that marriage. Never give up on that roommate or that mom and dad. At times it may seem easier to give up because you've hoped before and you've been disappointed, but he wants us to persevere. That's my message today, is that he wants to birth perseverance in us. We will always be parenting our children. Yes, it looks different, but we don't need to quit. There's victories ahead. It's our responsibility to be their mom. And yes, they make decisions. 
But Jesus never gave up on him. Y'all, they didn't even get it. He hung on the cross, even praying in the garden. And they fell asleep. And he didn't ever wash his hands. He didn't ever say, what what up with you guys? This is ridiculous. He didn't. That's what I would have (laughs) said. I would have said, oh, he knows what I would have said. I'll probably do know what I said. He, well, I'm not going to go there. He hung there on a cross and only John and the women, another, and the women, the women were there actually, they got it. Some of them got it. We can't give up on the process. We can't give up on our kids. And in the process of not giving up, we have to keep our hearts soft. If you let your heart get hard, you will give up. We have to forgive. Guys, your kids can say something at age four that offends you so much that you carry till they're 18, 19, 25. And I'm not kidding. You have to be current with the things they say and do. Name, them, name their names. Name what they did and ask the Lord to forgive them. And you forgive them. It's not a choice. We have to forgive them. We have to see children as blessings. When I was preparing for this message, my kids, I was in our room. Uh, there's some pictures of my boys. And I got moved and I put my hands on their faces. I started praying for them and prophesying over them. And the Lord was like, they're blessings. Your children are blessings. Your children are blessings to you. They're financial blessings to you. They're emotionally, in your emotional health, they're a blessing. In your mental health, they're a blessing. And if you see them that way, they will be a blessing. And you're saying, Lydia, you have no idea how much my kids cost. Braces, they've had surgeries, they have therapies. I mean, people, I do know. But I'm saying, that gives you the opportunity to see God provide in ways you never would have. If you see them as a blessing, if you see them as a downer, a bummer. Oh, why did I have so many? No, see them as a blessing. Yes, and uh, seven children. We have several families in here that have lots of kids. Guys, there's something here to this. We were praying. This is about a year ago. It was Mindy Gloria. She started praying on this. Kids are blessings. And we just started saying, yes, I want to say children are blessing to your mental health. They're a blessing to your physical health. Because God will always provide. When you're up late at night and you're nursing that baby, you're like, God have mercy on me. I've got to get some sleep. He will provide. When you're so tired and your kid comes in and they need something from you emotionally, and you're like, I don't have it. You do have it, moms. You have it. Dig deep because the Lord would not call you something he's not going to provide. He would not. Wow. He's a, my kids are blessings. We've got to keep our soft, hearts soft also towards others. Verse 52 again. They didn't get it. The king of God had not penetrated their hearts. Has the king penetrated your heart? Has a kingdom come into your home? How do you deal with disappointments with your kids? I will, we, well, there was times in Hawaii that they were supposed to be on this baseball team. And then somehow they got put on that baseball team. And you think that's funny, but then, you know, you start getting like, okay, I feel a little heart thing going on. The merit awards. Every year they give a merit award to everybody in a class. And every year I was like, hey, my kid should get the merit award. And the next year it's like, why did that kid get the merit award? Why did that kid again get the merit award? And by the sixth grade, I find he was prayed up for the award ceremonies. And my kids did get the merit awards. I'm just saying we laugh at this, but those are kinds of things I'm talking about. Friend drama, teachers not liking your kids, your kids getting left out. How do you deal with it? Do you bring his rule and his reign in those areas? Because we're supposed to be kingdom parents all the time. Keep that in perspective. It's so much bigger than the moment. It's so much bigger than what you see right now. 
a hard heart of a parent will not access the kingdom of God. A hard heart of a parent will not access the kingdom of God. We got to repent. We've got to ask the Lord to come in our hearts and make it soft. We need the Lord to be merciful to us. Amen? Amen. One more thing about kingdom mothering. How do you speak about other people in your home? Your kids will pick up on it. Are you a gossip? How do you, how do you talk about your life group leader? How do you talk about Jamie? <laughs> Just kidding. Amen. How do you talk about your husband? How do you talk about that teacher, that principal? And I'm not saying acknowledge where acknowledge needs. My kids, I've always said this, and this is not a, this is a fault. I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes on the two at the, at the end of like, what did you do? They really didn't probably say that. They didn't mean it. You know, there's a line there. But God's, we have to be honoring in our words. Lord, I just know there's so many moms in this, this setting right here in our church that are amazing. I know moms in our church who've buried a young child. I know moms who've forgiven those who've abused them. I know moms who've forgiven children who've hurt them. I know moms who've walked alongside adult kids who've made unwise choices. Ladies in this church who are not able to have biological kids have become spiritual moms to others. I know moms who've struggled with anxiety and have not stopped mothering well. I know moms who've taken kids to speech, occupational, physical therapy, counseling appointments, tutoring sessions, drama practices, athletic sports, with joy most of the time, right? I know moms who've said no to new shoes so their kids could have a new pair. I know moms who've rescued children abandoned by their biological parents and others who've adopted kids knowing that they have special needs. I know moms in this church who've had postpartum depression but never gave up. I know moms who prayed in spouses and jobs and friends and favor with teachers and scholarships and roommates and healings, salvation and joy and purity. And that's a reality. Well done, moms. Keep going. Run this race with mothering perseverance. It's not a sprint. It's a long run. So find your pace and be a kingdom announcer and a kingdom advancer in your home. Don't get discouraged when you face opposition because you will. If you are advancing the kingdom in your family, you will get opposition because the world doesn't like it. The enemy doesn't like it, but that's okay because he's asking his rule and reign to be in your home. Okay, right now, I just want you to close your eyes. I'm going to go and ask the ministry team to come on up. I want everyone else just to close your eyes. I'm going to ask you two questions. I just want you to think about it. In my brokenness, God has made me fill in the blank. In my brokenness, God has made me. What has He made you? My second question In my mothering, or in my life, God has been fill in the blank. In my mothering, God has been what? He so desires relationship with you. Moms, he so desires to come walk alongside you on the hard, hard days.
on the beautiful days. We're going to have a time of ministry now. If you have need for anything, prayer, need a breakthrough, need encouragement, Everybody go and stand up. I'm going to end this in a prayer at the end of ministry, but I'm just going to go ahead and ask anybody who wants to come up and get prayed for. We've only been able to do this the last few weeks, and praise God for ministry time is back. I'm a big advocate of ministry time. I can't tell you the breakthroughs I've had when I've taken that step of faith and said, I need something. I need help. I need somebody to agree with me in prayer. Don't be shy today. We've got plenty of time. So come on up. Get prayer.
receiving this. They were giving up this and they were receiving this. And I just want to pray that for you right now. Whether you're like, I need breakthrough and anxiety. I, I'm, I'm angry. I'm disappointed. I'm tired. I'm weary. Whatever you are, open your hands. I'm just going to pray that God would show you what that is. And he wants to take it up. He wants to take it off your hands. Take it off your shoulders. And he wants to re- He wants to replace it. He wants to exchange it. The holy exchange.